This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Let's jump right in and bring in our first guest, the great Steve Vai. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. You got me jumping out of my shoes, <laughs> dude. First, I, listen. I've, I've got to first. I got to get. I got to get past the fanboy hysterics. So I love you, man. I just, uh, you know, it's it's I, I, it's incredible, Steve. I'm so happy that you're able to join us. You're able to spend some of your time with us. I have to oh, tell you, you. I have to tell you a story. Um, many many years ago, in my progressive garage band, progressive rock band, I remember talking to my bass player. He walked in one day and he said, "America's, you know, we love to do odd time stuff. Listen to this and." He played the Attitude song from Flexible, and uh, we were like, I mean, it was a life-changing moment, man. It was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely was he incredible. you to play it? He, yeah, he was expecting <laughs> me to play it. You know, I can lay down some 716s every now and again, but I was like, this, this, is, this is life-changing. This is very, very cool stuff. So we are super excited that you would yeah. sit down with us and just share your wisdom and knowledge uh, with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you for the call. <clears throat> Once uh, Michelle told me about your program, I was like, yeah. Awesome. Love to talk. <laughs> very, very cool. Now, I want to start with the story, Steve, because my understanding is that you were five years old. You walked up to a piano and you touched those keys and you knew instantly that music was going to be my life. Talk about that moment. <laughs> it's it's in your blood, man. So talk about how you just knew intuitively this was going to be who you are, your career, etc. Well, it's funny because when you're that age, you don't think that far into the future. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I was, I can't remember, I think I might have been like four or so. And, uh, you know, I obviously was was listening to music and heard music, but I, it was like a mystery, you know. Mm-hmm. And the moment I walked up to this piano and I hit a note and I realized that to the right they go higher and to the left they go lower. Mm-hmm. It all just came kind of clear, you wow. know, like the, the dots connected. And I said, oh, that's oh, OK. I'll say, OK. So then and then it all just became clear. It was like an epiphany. Mm, it was and like I uh, my pants. I wasn't thinking like, you know, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't think about those things, I think, at that age. I just knew instantly that. I made a connection with something that mm-hmm. this lit me up. It wow! Completely lit me up, and it's never it's never changed. Uh huh. Yeah. And so, but yeah. it, it's interesting though, Steve, because you, you you early on you were just in music, but you didn't pick up the guitar until you were twelve, right? I think twelve is yeah. the moment you twelve. Like I'm, I'm acting like that was like you know when you start at twelve. <laughs> yeah, you know the guy's been doing yeah, it so I'm long. An it's virtuous. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but but you were you were you started taking uh, guitar lessons from the great Joe Satriani. And yeah. you started playing, and talk, talk us through that as you began to st- sort of express yourself musically. The early years, what were what were what were your influences, and how, how did you think about you know creating your art? Well, what was interesting is um, <clears throat> shortly after I I had that little epiphany, you know, you get uh, uh, inspired by the music that comes into your home. Mm-hmm. My parents had West Side Story, and <laughs> when I was listening to it, it, it just had everything in it that was so exciting to me as a kid because I, I it had drama mm-hmm. and theater and a story and incredible melody incredible orchestration i mean stephen sondheim and leonard bernstein are like you know historical mm-hmm. and so but it was what was so great was i would listen to the music and i could i i, I could kind of see it not not specifically, mm-hmm. but I understood wh- what it was doing and how it was created, and, mm. and that was just such a such a blow away for me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was really into the idea of composing. Like, mm. I knew that I wanted to understand that language, and I wanted to write music. 
and I and and I wanted to be able to control a large group of people like that with little black dots, you know. Mm-hmm. But but on the other side, there was this incredible attraction to the guitar, mm-hmm. and that hit me when I was about six. I walked into the auditorium of my uh, auditorium of my grade school there, and it was maybe I was five or six, and and uh, I saw this kid playing the guitar, and he was like nine. And he looked like a god because he was nine, you know. <laughs> and he had a he had a guitar on, mm-hmm. and that was the this the next epiphany that I, you know, there's like moments in your life of clarity mm-hmm. that you can look back at and say, yeah, I remember I remember every detail of the moment, and uh, that's when I saw the guitar and same kind of connection in that I I instinctually understood uh, the potential, you know, mm-hmm. and and it looked beautiful and it sounded beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I never, for some reason, um, the idea of actually picking it up, it just seemed like so far out of my reach. Okay. You know, it, just, you know, I just, uh, I, it was like a secret, the secret desire, so mm-hmm. to speak, until I, another piece of music came into my home when I was about 10 or 11, uh, and that was uh, Led Zeppelin II. Led Zeppelin you know? II. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. When I heard when I heard that, especially the song Heartbreaker, mm-hmm. that's when that's when it clicked. And I said, "Okay, I'm going to play the guitar." Wow. And uh, and you know, it was a, I kept it a secret because I, I didn't want you know where I came from. If you played the guitar, you either thought you were cool mm-hmm. or you were cool. <laughs> and I was neither, you know. And one of my one of my great musical mentors mm-hmm. was a kid that grew up a few houses down. His name was John Sergio mm. because he was just he had this amazing palette for contemporary like progressive music and everything. So I was listening to Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. and then I met him. Well, I knew him from when I was a kid, but you don't really know somebody until you're up in their room and you see all the toys <laughs> they have and all yeah. that. And he was playing the guitar. Mm-hmm. And I was stunned, you know, like I, I couldn't believe somebody that lived that close to me played the guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me he was taking lessons from Joe Satriani, and uh, he gave me Joe's number, and that's I wow. marched right over to Joe's house. You know? Wow, like, that, that is absolutely amazing. But what I think is really cool about this, Steve, is that early on you had kind of more of a holistic view of the art form. It's, it seems as though as you created a product to sort of, I don't call it a product, but it, it's art, but it's also creating something beautiful to, to, to give to other people. How did you think? Think about that process. How would you describe the the early on? I mean, you had early influences of Page and you know Richie Blackmore, Jeff Beck, Hendrix, some of these greats, Alan Holdsworth. You know, fantastic different influences. How did you kind of create your own sort of style, and how would you characterize your product that you were creating early on, and how it has evolved over time? Well, I think it's uh, uh, not a very uncommon story in that I just loved. I loved the guitar. I loved everything about it. I loved music. I loved rock music. I, it, it, just the sight of a guitar mm-hmm. just turned me. It just turned me on, you know. And just being alone with it in my room, mm-hmm. and 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 progressing, you know. The, my favorite thing then and now, mm-hmm. you know. The, the, you know, the, things have changed, but this has not. Uh, the the thing that was so compelling to me then was realizing that. I can have an idea to do something, and I and I I can't do it, and I can work on it, and then all of a sudden I can do it. That w- was like magic tricks or something. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. And the and the mo- every step that you you take of progression is a, is like an inspiration. So it became very addictive, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> it was like my whole world because I just loved it so much. And I think my style 
kind of developed in a sense by accident. Okay. Because I never, when I was learning, or you know, pl- uh, learning as a, a youngster and listening to all my heroes, I never felt good enough to kind of copy them. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, uh-huh. 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 You know, wow. Dude, you don't know how crazy that sounds coming from you. It's like, oh yeah. Steve no, Vai just... doesn't think he's good enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what do I do? Do I just jump off a building right now, or what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> I mean, when you're 13, 14, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but what I what I whenever I tried to play the riffs from my heroes, mm-hmm. they just didn't really sound authentic, and also it didn't feel comfortable to me to try to emulate somebody or to adopt a a, a genre that uh, you know that I could own or something like the blues or jazz, mm-hmm. classical or mm-hmm. rock. You know, I mean, they, I enjoyed them all, but. I kind of had this very innocent uh, approach in that I would come across something and I'd say, oh, that, that doesn't sound like anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, to, this, and that's what I, I, I oh, sought after. I you see. Know? I just I kept see. looking, looking see. for these little things that felt natural to me. Mm-hmm. And I had no expectations, though. That's the important thing. Gotcha. I, I didn't expect that... You know, uh, this is going to be my life. I have to be the best. I need to fit in to be the best. Uh, and, and you know, uh, be, uh, I had none of that. It was just like my private little joy and secret. Wow. And if I, if I came up with a riff that didn't sound like really anything, then I felt like, like the, the feeling of accomplishment. Interesting. And that, that has an addictive quality to it also. And that just kind of has been the same all through my life. Interesting. What I love about this, Steve, is that you're actually touching on something that we talk about in marketing a lot, which is being able to differentiate what you're doing from other folks that are out there, or other things that are out there. And it sounds like your, your intuition was absolutely correct. Say, listen, I want to sort of, you know, be absorb these different musical influences, but I want to go to what feels authentic to me inside, and I want to create my own thing that really is well differentiated and really gives me the passion to really continue with the craft. Does that sound like it's a, a correct characterization? Absolutely. Uh-huh. And, and it happens It happens in people, some people, organically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't really, it's not like something you try to do. Mm. It's just something that naturally happens. And as a result, you're building your brand, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, very I like orga- that. Very organically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it's very difficult to try to build a brand mm. in a sense, you know, like, of course, then you, you have to kind of figure it out and figure out and, and then try to fit in and see how it's going to fit in. And, and for some people that, that works, but the best kind of brand to build is the, is the expression of the uniqueness of your own self, of your own creative expressions. That's your brand, really. Dude, you are, okay, you're like dropping mics, man. I mean, I just don't, I mean, you are dropping some knowledge, some deep philosophical knowledge. I love that idea. Tell me, describe for me the Steve Vai brand, because in my mind, it's just like fucking awesomeness, dude. I mean, what's the Steve Vai brand? <laughs> well, you probably, there's probably other people could comment on that better than me, but if I was to kind of look at it, I would say I'm quirky. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I that's one of my strengths, mm-hmm. uh, my corny kind of quirkiness. I don't know why; it's just there. I'm I'm, I'm kind of a silly guy, really. You know? <laughs> and uh, but by the same token, you know, there's an intensity there, mm-hmm. and that expresses itself. And I, I I can be you know deeply passionate about a musical idea, mm-hmm. and, and that's really the the secret. 
in in building a brand or you know the 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 success that you experience and when i say success i'm referring to worldly success you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's a consequence of your ability to express your own passion mm-hmm. and for people who do that the success is really secondary or maybe it's maybe it's not even on their radar mm-hmm. because because then <clears throat> If you're if you're chasing success, you're trying to fit into something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. But if you're but if you're just heroically with 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 just seamless um, actions expressing mm-hmm. your own creative, unique, uniquely creative ideas, then you that that's real success. Very very because, cool. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is. There's nothing more fulfilling in a person than when they create something that really resonates deeply with them. You mm-hmm, know, that makes mm-hmm. them feel like, yeah, that's I, I've I've done this and it feels great and it's exactly what I was hoping and <clears throat> and it and it works for you because then it's a it's a it's a very authentic expression of mm-hmm. yourself and that that's the first level of success and that. That in itself is worth the price of admission because it's a feeling of fulfillment that worldly success people believe will bring you. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Steve, talk to me a little bit about some of the, the the projects that really kind of were extensions, brand extensions of this expression that you uh, that you were working on. I was reading about the, the composing and sort of working with more orchestral uh, kinds of uh, musicians. Talk, talk a little bit about how mm-hmm. that inspiration happened. Well, it was something from way back, you know, it was, uh, uh, as I was mentioning, um, I was always fascinated with composing and I, st- I had this incredible music theory teacher in high school mm. from, the, from seventh grade all the way through 12th and he taught me everything. So I started composing right away and through the years, uh, it, it's just such an incredible uh, way to, to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you understand the language mm-hmm. and you can hear music in your head and you know how to you know, scribble it out. It's just an amazing, it's a, pick, pick, just picture the thing that you love doing the most. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. It could be cooking. It could be building a model. It could it, anything. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the way I felt about composing. Interesting. And, and, you know, the, as far as uh, watching the brand emerge at this point in my life, it, it's just, you know, it's relatively seamless because even the last project I did mm-hmm. um, was, was in the works for my whole life. Okay. And that's a that's a uh, um, a, a music theory book I just released. It's Videology, Vide- ladies and gentlemen. Videology, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listeners, please go out and buy the book Videology. It's on uh, yeah. Steve Vai's website. It's fantastic. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that's that fantastic. work, Steve. Yeah. Well, it's called Basic Music Theory for Guitar Players. So, it's kind of generic title, but um, <laughs> I always I, I love music theory, mm-hmm. and I've through the years I've just seen how you know it's taught and. Uh, I haven't really seen anything just comprehensive for guitar players mm-hmm. from soup to nuts. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I always wanted to make this book, and uh, and I and I just nailed it. I think for me, you know? <laughs> and, awesome. I mean, I mean, when I say I nailed it, what I mean is I feel fulfillment mm-hmm. that I did it. It was it was in the works for my whole life. Gotcha. You know? 
and bam. So and and when you look at it, well, there's it's completely branded, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's you fan- read through it and it's uh, like, mm-hmm. okay, there's that quirky weird vibe. Yeah. Uh, there's the es- there's the esoteric vibe. Yeah, yeah. There's the technical vibe, there's mm-hmm. the funny vibe, you know, uh-huh. all this and then there's the artwork on it and everything that's very quirky vibe. You know, so it's the the branding of it just came naturally because I wasn't trying to fit into anything. Gotcha. Uh, so then, so and, and and right before the same day that the ideology book came out, this is another kind of a quirky project that just was so fulfilling. But if a manager or a record company was to be advising me, they'd say, "You're insane. What are you doing this for?" <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, Piano Reductions Volume Two, mm-hmm. which is uh, the second uh, CD I've released of solo piano music performed by these incredible musicians. The first one was Mike Keneally, and the second one that was just released a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. was performed by Miho Arai, this this Japanese girl that's just a complete virtuoso prodigy. Wow! And they they took uh, like eleven or twelve of my songs, and you know we worked on them a little bit. Uh-huh. They they do their own arrangements and renditions uh, on solo piano. So like for a lot of people that might be, well, you're a rock guitar player. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you doing that for? But that's my quirky brand. You know, that's like that's my brand to do stuff like that. So it it, it when you really follow your bliss, so to speak, mm-hmm. it all happens naturally, and you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I, I love that point. I try to make that point with my students, Steve. It's like the passion really drives you, and the passion, if you just follow the passion, it leads to success, right? Or a certain yeah. kind of success that will fulfill you, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the payoff of that is there's an energy in whatever you create that you that you create with that that enthusiasm and passion and joy, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, that has an attraction to it for a the right audience for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the right audience for you. You know, like my fans are the right audience for me. They mm-hmm. may not be Elton John status fans, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Because I, if I tried to play like Elton John to have his audience, I would probably fail abysmally mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be doing what's natural to me. Mm-hmm. And also I'd be miserable because it wouldn't be what Steve Vai does. Right. I love what you're talking about, Steve, because what this is just fantastic. You have intuition around kind of creating the brand and understanding who is my audience, how do I understand who they are, and how I'm going to craft something that's going to connect with them emotionally. And you understand that in great depth, it sounds like. Well, that that is a perspective of branding. But my my comment on that would be not to worry so much about that. Mm-hmm. Make make your own, attract the audience that's right for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by doing what it is that you feel really natural and powerful about. Then you're not second-guessing. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, I mean, I've, I've been doing this for 40 years, and 40 years, and there's one thing wow. that I realized. You can't, you cannot fool your audience, not a bit. Mm-hmm. They're much smarter than you think. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they, uh, if I ha- if there's a particular say Steve I fan mm-hmm. that loves what I do, if I go and do something completely alien, you know, to to what I do that doesn't have the Steve I kind of weird, you know, quirkiness mm-hmm. in it, mm-hmm. they they get very upset about that. Interesting. They smell it. They could smell it a mile away. So, the, when you stay when you stay authentic to your creative instincts, 
the right audience comes, and there's no need to second-guess them. Interesting, interesting. Let me ask you this, though, Steve. So staying within the brand but continuing to grow musically, continuing yeah. to like create new things that excite you, to push your, your envelope that may be outside of the brand, if you will, parameters, how do you, how do you manage that? Well, I, 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 more and more, I don't go outside of the brand. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go into a different, uh, a different room in the building. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but mm-hmm. it's still part of the same building. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's kind of at this point, I, I see the the incredible waste of energy and time in trying to chase something that's not authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it just doesn't work because you're not. First of all, it's not really fulfilling, even if it's successful, mm-hmm. you know, and, and if it's successful, it's usually short-lived. Right. And, uh, and, and it doesn't have the energy in it of the, the power of your brand. Interesting. Very cool stuff. Now, talk a little bit. I mean, dude, when I went on the website and I was just kind of studying your body of work, which is just, I mean, it's unbelievable. It is just it's just, it's incredible. I mean, the, the the master classes. You know, obviously, videology is kind of an extension of this. You know, doing these amazing things that you do. Talk a little bit about the because you're also a guitar craftsman. You you also like hand paint guitars. Did I see this correctly? Do you work on actually creating that kind of art as well? Oh, <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I mean, uh, I never did art because it was one of these things where I, it, it, it just like like playing the guitar when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It, it just seemed too far out of my reach. But then I realized there's no rules. You know? there's, there's, who, ca- who cares? Right, you know? right. Who really cares? You know, so I sat down and I just started doodling and I just enjoyed it. And, and it kind of evolved into colors and, you know, weird things. And, and, uh, and I found it to be really fulfilling because it's, there's, art is like a freedom too, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I started painting guitars, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I guess stuff like that. But uh, it, it kind of looks like glorified doodling. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's, it's cool okay. though. It, it's another yeah, way fun. to express though, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, and everybody should try it. Mm-hmm. And so what I really appreciate about the work is that you you were so willing to to extend yourself into all of these different interesting areas such that it really is kind of a totality of the, the work that you do, the expression of the art, all of these things that come together. And so, you know, your success has just kind of flowed from that. So, you know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, how you approach the idea of inspiring younger artists and some of the things that, you know, as you pass on this fantastic, I mean, you're a living legend, but as you pass on your legacy, what's your approach to doing that? And do you do you use social media to do this, to help connect with these young guitar wannabe prodigies who will never be as good as you, but, you know, have this dream in their mind that, oh, my God, if I could get close to Steve Vai's talent, then I would be happy. What how, What's your approach that you use? Well, I think the best way to inspire people uh, is to be connected yourself in mm-hmm. what you do, mm-hmm. because then, then if you're connected, you know, with your uh, creativity, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's that energy in it, and then they are moved by it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, moving mm-hmm. somebody by what you're doing is a great way to inspire them. Otherwise, um, uh, if you have the the verbal skills and the uh, intuitional understanding. Of how of where they're at and what you might be able to say to them that could help them, mm-hmm. then that's another way to try to inspire them. But the best way to inspire somebody is to try to get them to understand that wherever they are right now, 
in their playing in their career mm-hmm. is 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 fine. It's great, and and it, it, to find the appreciation in where you're at right now, mm-hmm. and not complain in your head about how much you suck, or uh, <laughs> you know, or or how how fucked up the world is because you're not. They don't recognize your greatness, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, and then you know, um, then you can be really inspirational. But as far as how you get the word out there, mm-hmm. you know, any means necessary, brother. Gotcha. You know? <laughs> yeah, any means necessary. Uh-huh. I mean, I just recently uh, had a, a few new uh, people I hired for my uh, social media and. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I just, I've started to take an interest in it, you know. I Interesting. Had like two and a half million people on Facebook. But yeah. I never really, you know. I just thought, okay, well, tell them this, or maybe tell them that. But I never really <laughs> focused. But then with the Instagram, Instagram, you know, I started to kind of look at it, and I realized this is a great way to kind of get a message to the people that are interested. So. Mm-hmm. It's been working really great. We, we have a lot of, like, I think 450,000 followers or something like that. Wow. But uh, it's very cool to be able to spread spread the word that way. And there's there's many ways. You know, learning how to market and learning how to expand your brand and to, to expose it to people who will be interested in it, that's fun, too. That can be a lot of fun, you know, mm-hmm. because these days with all of the um, – with all of the with with the evolution of technology, you can uh, you can be wildly creative in the, in promoting, mm-hmm. marketing your brand, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You just have to have the right the effectiveness of your ability to market your brand is entirely one hundred percent based on your attitude about it. Mm. Circling you know? back to the attitude song, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome, Steve Vai. Thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. It was a pleasure to have you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Listeners, if you want to learn more about Steve, go to vi.com, V-A-I.com, or follow him on Twitter at Steve Vi, at S-T-E-V-E-V-A-I. Listeners, if you're enjoying this as a podcast, remember that our show, Marketing Matters, airs live on Sirius XM 132 every Wednesday. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.